Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. The righty finished at 59 pitches in two and a third innings. He was charged with 11 runs, 10 earned. Is there a pattern here? 10 earned. Two pitchers for the Nats, who presumably are on the squad, gave up 10 earned each. The Nats lost the game 29 to 8. I forgive you if you think it's a football score. 29 to 8. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. What are we even doing out here, man? The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. All righty, then. Let me announce our schedule this week. We're going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week in honor of the Masters. We're going to watch the Masters. I didn't know you were playing. Yeah, I'm going to play in it. Me and Tiger. We'll get to Tiger in a second. Tiger has said, if Kornheiser plays, I'm in. Okay. Uh, so it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week. Do you want to get to Tiger right away? Sure. Want to get to Tiger? I imagine TW at the at the range yesterday was like Lee Jansen looking at you down the range. Who's that guy? He must be a 15. 18. <laughs> An 18. He's a chop. He called me a chop, Lee Jansen. I never heard that term before. So you, the first thing you said to me today, and this is not, I've had this question for days. Everybody who knows what I do for a living starts with the same question. Is Tiger going to play? The golf pros at Rehoboth over the weekend, Pat and Chris asked me, you think Tiger's going to play? You said today, do you think Tiger's going to play? Do you think he's going to play? Well, all right, here's, here is my answer to that. And this is without the knowledge that happened very recently, which is Tiger saying yesterday it's going to be a game-time decision. Because I was asked this question before I knew that. And my response was, when he went out on Monday... Was it Monday and he last played week. 18? Last week. Yep. When he went out and played 18 and walked 18 with Justin Thomas and professional caddies and his own son. And by the way, let me just say that the twosome that people would tune in more than any other twosome of all time would be Tiger and Charlie Woods if they were playing together. They would. Sure. It's like... Non-competing marker with Jeff Knox? No. No, 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 no. So that would be right if, if, if the, the kid yeah. went out. But when he went out and played 18 and didn't go out the next day to play 18, I thought that was his body saying to him, you're not ready. Because, Tiger, the, at the very least, you've got to walk 36 in a row. You know, you've got, you've got to do that to see if you can handle it. So my interpretation was he's not going to play. Then yesterday I read that he said it's a game-time decision. So that changes my opinion. What is your opinion? So I think you have to look at the forecast. Tuesday looks like it could be a washout, and traditionally he's not going to start. He's not doing full practice rounds. You're going to play nine here or there. So the fact that he went out, he played the second nine. He wants to see some of the changes. I think it's better than not that he's going to play. You do. Yeah, but I don't. I don't take much away that he only played one round last week. I think it was okay. more just to see how his body felt, and frankly, he probably wants to see how it rebounds rather than potentially just sort of making himself more tired than necessary. So destroying it by playing yeah. it two days. What in I row. what I love about the reporting though is it, it's so specific. As Tiger shows up to the range, how long? Twenty minute rain session, thirty three balls, including seven drivers. The spe- specificity as to how they're just tracking those numbers tells you everything you need to know about Tiger Woods. Did you see what he was wearing? No, I didn't see any pictures. Be- beautiful outfit with the uh, the salmon pink shirt. But did you see the shoes? 
Were they not Nike shoes? They were not Nike. He was wearing a pair of foot choice. Are you allowed to do that if you're Tiger Woods? So that I I think if you remember his old club deal, he had the he had the freedom to take out certain a few clubs. clubs he could yeah. Uh, so which is pretty standard. Let's say it's ten out of your fourteen, and which is why he would always bring back that that Scotty. But the shoes normally you'd think for any competing or anything associated with the tournament, like a practice round, you'd be in your full Nike script, which for him includes the shoes. Well, here's why I would say that because Nike's a shoe company. Number one, that's how they started. Phil Knight, the running shoes. They're a shoe company. That's what they do. Was a lot made of that on the internet? Yeah. So, do you remember when Zion ripped his shoe? Yes. They made a huge oh. thing about that. Yes, so, I, I, I wonder. If, contract from I was wondering. <clears throat> I was wondering if there's something about the stability, or maybe the way his foot is now sitting, that there might be something about this one particular, you know, Pair version of, of the foot joy that actually is better for him right now. But who knows? Foot joy is the best shoe, right? It's, it's, a, mean, very, it's a very stable, traditional shoe. So if yeah. you're doing the up and down, maybe the way the Nike is, is sort of folding, it's not necessarily giving him the support he needs. Okay. As somebody who works for ESPN, I'm just going to say this. If Tiger were to play, the people at ESPN would be the happiest people in the world. It would be the highest rated Masters opening day, if not the highest, well, not the highest rated ever, because Tiger's won a few times, be the highest rated Masters opening day. And if I were the director of that particular show, and believe me when I tell you people, I don't know anything about directing. I don't know anything about it. But if I were the director, here's what I would say to my assembled crew. Every shot he takes, every shot he takes, the only time you cut away from him is when he's just standing around after the sixth or seventh hole. Because for the first six or seven, we're going to want to show him every single minute that he's on the golf course. And if he were to play, the ESPN rating would be... ESPN will get the highest rating the television network has ever had other than NFL games and college championships. Football's different. Football drives the bus. Yes. But when you think about NBA or NCAA or baseball or hockey or other golf or whatever you show, boxing, UFC, whatever you show, this will be the highest rated event ever for ESPN other than football. Do you agree? I to- totally. Would you, yes. would you put them early, late, early Thursday, late Friday? Oh, I don't know how to. I I don't know. I don't know what's better. I I want the weather to be accommodating. Yeah, I'd so, look at the weather forecast. So the weather is good. There's a chance for some more storms on Thursday. Friday it's drying out with a lot of wind. You know, traditionally you might say I want him Friday afternoon because you're going to build the happy hour crowd, continue right. the, sort of the golf nuts who have been watching all day, and you sort of get to see what the number is if he needs to try and post something over the last six or seven holes to try and make the cut. So I would do that. I mean, I would be so happy if he played. I mean, we're not on. We're not on anyway because of Masters coverage Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Right. So I've got no skin in the game. But I'm telling you, if Tiger Woods plays, America's watching. Yeah, I, I always They're put, watching. I always put myself in that crowd of like, you know, if Tiger's involved, I will then become very engaged with the tournament. So just knowing just the possibility that he's going to play has me extremely excited. There is no player out there now, I'm just saying this categorically, no player, and I'm eliminating one guy, Phil Mickelson, because he's not playing right now. There's no player playing the tour regularly now who can come within 50% to 80% of the audience Tiger can bring. 
These are guys, Rory McIlroy and Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson, they've got multiple major championships. They can't touch this guy. It's not John Rahm, Justin Thomas, um, Jordan Spieth. They are popular golfers. They're not in the, right, Michael? They're not in the universe of Tiger. Uh, I would agree with that. I'd say there's there's one name that you're not mentioning, Hideki, who would be off the board for you. But okay. just in terms of worldwide global play, appeal, right? He's got a bad no, wrist. No, it still looks like he's hurt. Yeah, because he didn't he drop out of something this week. He did. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yes, worldwide, he could he could bring a crowd. But, but he's not also like he, he's also yeah. not courted the f- fanaticism that Tiger has. Right. It's Tiger is he moves the needle like no, nobody. Absolutely, absolutely. You just, played yesterday. How'd you do? We had a great match, so I, I, I partnered up with my uh, with Murray and Penn Golf alumnus Colin St. Maxons. We went out. We got uh, we got three points against Chevy Chase yesterday. Had That's a great good. match. Um, I was out there. I was in the group following Michael. How's your pace of play? Pace of play was slow, but we understood that going in that you were in a real match. I left after twelve. It was too cold. It was so cold. It had rained on me. It was cold. It was yeah. really windy. The weather deteriorated as the day went on. Were you dressed warmly enough? That's a fatherly not near, question. Not nearly warm enough. So what happens? Every, every golfer knows this. Before you tee off, you look at your wife. You're like, "Today is shorts day." I think it might be. We went to the playground. The sun was Some out. Some guys were out in shorts yesterday. The sun was out. Like today might be a shorts day. We tee off and straight into the fan. But by the time you get up to the second hole, the sun. You feel like you're taking off layers. It was raining. It felt like it was going to snow on the back nine. Yeah. It was really cold. Yeah. So I'm glad you you guys won. It's a nice thing. And afterwards, they give you food. Oh, yeah. And the food is... Oh, the Clum- the Columbia Wings, legendary. Okay, so that's I feel good about that. <laughs> um, I had something. I had a story. I had a driving with Chessie story. I'm not going to do it now. We'll, just, we'll go to Wilbon. I do want to say this. I want to congratulate Sean Cherry, who's on the line with us. Sean is going to win the um, NCAA brackets. Sean is the only person out there with Kansas. I assume the amount of points that Kansas gives you, even with a loss, Sean, takes you over the top with anybody else. Who's the top three? We, or five? we have a few other Kansas winners, but oh, but they don't. Based on where Sean's points are right now, he would be the winner. So yeah, we also well, have Barry and, because and because Sean has you have Kansas to win, right, Sean? Yes. So nobody can can beat you. Who who's who's no our one top has three? North Carolina. So. Right, right, right. One, two, three, in that order is Sean, then Barry, then Richard. Tori was a sort of a dark horse there because she had Duke. Okay. Um, yeah. A lot of people took Duke out, Duke out before the Final Four. Yes. A lot of Duke grads took Duke out <laughs> before the Final Four. <laughs> so congratulations to Sean. We yes. will, uh, so I have a story about driving with Chessie, and I have a story uh, about, you know, w- one of my normal stories, I'll do it tomorrow, about not having any idea what things cost. And this has to do with plumbing, and there's a hint that I'm going to give you people. It's a plumbing need on a weekend where the rates go up, and up is an understatement. (laughs) Michael Wilbon, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Blake Bowles. I hope I pronounced that correctly. His dad, Brian, writes, 
Hey, gang, Laura Little here since the Internet days. Remember SportsCenter Draft? That was great. Today is my birthday, turning 44 on 4-4. I figure if anyone could appreciate this once-in-a-lifetime achievement, it's Mr. Tony. It would make my day if you would feature my son's Blake, my son Blake's creative musical works as the walk-up music from Michael Wilbon. With all those fancy suits he's spending little Matthew's inheritance on, he needs some proper intro music that reflects his inherent swag. When they make a movie about you two, I can hear this music over a montage of Wilbon walking into Chicago steakhouses, dapping up all the names he likes to drop, all blinged out in pocket squares and the like. <laughs> Wilbon, this guy knows you. you no, know, no, I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> Brian in Charlotte has wired, and this is his son Blake with Wilbon's walk-up music. Um, I'm going to give you the choice here. Do you want to start on the men's or the women's games? No, wherever you want to go. Well, I, I, I don't want to be too dismissive, but the game last night was nothing. It was, I mean, South Carolina went out early. This is exactly what happened with Kansas and Villanova. The other team's playing catch-up all night. At one point, Villanova got to six, but you never thought they were going to win. You never, and I never thought Connecticut was going to win after the first five minutes of the game. Did you? Right, right. No, no. I mean, South Carolina was in control of the game. Yeah. Um, they were. They were in control of the game. They, they, I thought they were a better team than UConn. Yeah. Uh, some people were really surprised. Remember, the UConn got as far as they did. Gio, who told us this is the toughest season he's had. Yes. And he was really thrilled with that team. Uh, and just, you know, a, a achievement. You know how far they had been able to get. So no, South Carolina was a better team. It wasn't. There wasn't much drama. You mentioned getting to six. I think twice. Uh, twice. I think UConn got to six, and they just couldn't get it any closer. No, you you exhaust yourself getting it to six, and then the other team goes on some sort of spurt. South look. South Carolina beat UConn in the regular season by 16 points. Yeah. South Carolina and, lost two games all year by a total of three. They were it, the best team. Yeah, and they're one of the few teams that can match Paige Beckers. Not with anybody specific, um, but just as a whole team. And Boston, Leah Boston. Um, I don't, you know what, Tony? I don't know if she – I think in most of the surveys she was player of the year. Yes. In, in women's college basketball. and. Look, they, they they just crushed UConn, you know, in rebounding by 25. I think, I think they had 25 more rebounds than UConn did. You're not gonna you're not gonna beat them that way. You can't. There is uh, this brings to an end the most amazing record of all. Gino Auriemma yeah. had been to 12 finals and won 12 finals. Now he's 12 and one. There's nothing to feel bad about, but that. That's remarkable. That's the number one thing, right, Mike? It's Twelve yeah, and up. I mean, he was only five hundred in his semifinal appearances, right. but once he got, once he won that game, undefeated in the final till last night. All right, let's switch to the men's because that's uh, extant, as we like to say. That'll take place tonight. How surprised were you that UNC beat Duke? I was Very. surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. I thought Duke was going to win that game. I thought Duke was going to win comfortably, and not by some blowout, just comfortably. And and they, you know, I was totally wrong. And I could see could see that at halftime, it was just going to be one of those games that was dead even, and somebody's going to figure out how to win it at the end. And you know, I, I, one of the things that I think I think is that Duke, you know, going into this, I mean, Duke's got <laughs> Duke's got four or five pros on the floor at least four or five NBA players on the floor but you know right now they're they're all freshmen they're That's all right. kids Carolina had a team 
a team of, and they, you know, Carolina's got you know freshmen that leave as well go to the NBA. But you could look at it and see they were a little bit more mature. Um, and, but the, I mean, the game still came down to the end of the game situation. But I just thought Carolina was a better team in that particular respect, Tony. I understand Carolina was an eight seed, and I understand based on the body of work they deserve to be an eight seed. But Carolina's recruiting one seed players all the time, so it like if don't be surprised, right? Like don't be surprised if Carolina is the national champion because they have that's the roster they put together. You'd be surprised if St. Peter's is the national champion, right? right? Not Carolina, not Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know that any. I don't know that kids can have a second straight crusade in three days. Yeah. I, I don't know if they can do that. That's why I'm looking at Kansas. They can Kansas. Me too. I, I like Kansas. I like Kansas to win. I also think Kansas is very good. I remember watching college basketball towards the beginning of the tournament and saying to you that I thought Kansas and Tennessee were the two best teams I had seen. Yeah, I, you know, I, I remember you said that about Kansas. I didn't know Tennessee was one of them, but yeah, but, yeah. but Tennessee, Tennessee had a hell of a season, and 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 they, you know, they played a schedule that you know going into the tournament uh, was going to have prepared them, and, and and it did. But yeah, I remember you saying about Kansas. I didn't, I, I didn't watch Kansas during the regular season and think that, but it was it became obvious, Tony, um, that you know Bill Self knows what he's doing as well, and and yes. everybody's talking about. You know, Carolina Duke and Bill Self had to feel this is great. I can get out of the way of that at the beginning of this. Let's see if we can win a game and be in the national championship. 100%. If you're the coach of the team that's being ignored, you're the happiest guy in town. Oh, it's great. So let's get to coaches for a second. You know Mike a long time. I know Mike Krzyzewski a long time. Do you think, given who he is, that he's okay with what happened, or he is seething with what happened. He's seething right now. I mean, he'll, mm. he'll make himself okay with it. He's got five national championships. Five. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, come on. I mean, there's a few people with three: Calhoun, Bob Knight. You know, uh, he's got five national championships. So, uh, so like, how is his resume changed? Because he lost to Carolina in a semi national semifinal. It doesn't. It doesn't. You're, you're right about his resume. I'm just talking about internally to get beat I by Carolina twice. Because he's, yeah, that's yeah. who he is. All right, let me get to the other guy. What's that? Let me get to a guy who also has three, who's sitting about 50 feet from the Carolina team now, Old Roy. Yeah. Old Roy. You and I have yeah. this discussion all the time. Neither of us counts Barry Switzer's championship with the Cowboys because yeah. we think it's Jimmy Johnson's team. That's right. How do you think Old Roy feels right now? <laughs> How do you think? He feels he feels great. He feels great. You you, you don't think he feels that he loves this look? The look on Oroy's face when you can see through the mask. He's the only one who appears to be wearing one at any of his former teams' schools' games. Uh, Roy feels great, and he is a guy that they the school tapped on the shoulder some years ago and said, "You're the guy. You're the guy we want to go forward with." Hubert Davis. Uh, it's, it's a very cool story. And Hubert Davis, a local guy for, for, for the DMV, um, who made his way in college basketball, was terrific. Um, and he still 
was what, five, seven years, I don't think he was 10 years in, maybe he was 10 years in, to his broadcast career at ESPN. Hubert Davis was terrific at that. He was terrific in the NBA. You know, he was on, Hubert Davis was in the middle of a play that is the reason I hate the Knicks. Um, he was called for being fouled by Scottie Pippen when the Bulls were playing without Michael Jordan against the That's Knicks right. That's in the right. playoffs. And was sent to the foul line to shoot two. And, and the Bulls should have and would have beaten the Knickerbockers without Michael Jordan, with Jordan retired. Hubert Davis was in that game. Just a, a really nice guy, Hubert Davis. I got to know him a bit. And uh, so, yeah, so oh, Roy, they, they feel, they got how they feel. They, they took down Duke twice. Twice. No, I know. I just wondered if old Roy right felt that, you know, I should be coaching. Thrilled. I should be coaching this team. Right, let me get to Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis has now ensured that if he goes 0 28 next year, nobody's firing him. <laughs> he just had a great. Great year. And in terms of what Wilbon is saying about his broadcast career, and I mean no disrespect to anybody doing these broadcasts now, when Hubert Davis and Jay Billis did these game day shows, that was the best they ever had. Don't you think, Mike? They were great. God, I can't remember. I, oh, I they were great. I told you that Hubert Davis was doing game day specifically. Yes, I just remember the total, the total of his work and how much I enjoyed him. Yes, I time. really, really liked it. Yeah, I couldn't I think, tell you whether he was better doing games or studio. or. But I remember when he went back, I was like, wow, Hubert Davis is going back to the bench. Yeah, with no promise of anything. That's He's right. going to leave broadcasting huge and go deal. back. Huge deal. Yeah. So let me stay with Old Roy for a second. Old Roy coached Kansas. I think Bill Self was one of his assistants at one point or another. I think so. Do you think old Roy has mixed feelings about this game? Yeah, you know what? Old Roy had been at Carolina long enough. That's right. I think he doesn't really. I thought about this the other day. Um, you know, which school does he identify with more? Yeah. I, I, I got to think it's Carolina. I do too. But yeah. I also think that if whoever wins, Roy Williams is going to be happy. Because he's got ties in both places. Yes, yes, yes. But I, I don't have it in front of me, Tony. But how, how long did he coach Carolina? I don't know. Ten I, years, I, twelve I, years. You know, I. Don't know. I, he, uh, I mean, he was a veteran coach at at Kansas. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. He was already a veteran. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. He probably coached Carolina a little longer than Kansas. But he was. Uh, what he was at Kansas from nineteen eighty eight. 1988 to 2003. That's North, years. North Carolina, 2003 to 2021. That's okay. That's 18 oh, years. Oh, yeah. goodness. Wow. That, 31 years of coaching, two of the greatest wow. programs How in history. That? That's yeah. pretty good. All right. I'll get I you out of here that, on this. That suggests it's, Carolina to me that he would identify I agree. more. And he's also a North Carolina guy. Yeah, and he was yeah, an assistant. Absolutely. Yeah. For, assistant to Dean. Yeah. He was assistant to Dean, yeah. of course. All right. Get you out of here on this because it's, in, a, in its way, more important. Do you think Tiger's going to play? Well, I, I did talk to some people over the weekend who have been there in Augusta on the ground, and they think he will. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. They think he will. I, I you know, I don't know what it is he's waiting to find out that's going to take him until 
tomorrow to, to make this announcement. I don't know. I, I guess it may be just as simple as how he feels. How I much think it pain is. he's in. You know, how, how, what kind of chance does he think he has? What is he evaluating? Is he evaluating just health? Or is he, how much is golf matter right now? Everybody says, oh, he can hit all the shots. Well, I, you know, um, look, it's going to be, he steps to the mic tomorrow and says he's playing. It's going to be a, a, a miracle. It's a miracle that Tiger Woods is playing. My There's one other thing that's going to be. texted me last yeah. night and says, I'm looking for a medallion. Is that what you get when you go to Augusta? You need a medallion. That's how you do not a badge? necessarily. A badge? Uh, I don't know. Him. Whatever it is, my own brother has gone nuts, and he's just like, I got, I got, I have to see this. You know oh, he would, he would just go. He would just. Don oh. like you. He thought from the beginning that Tiger would play. I did not, yeah. and I'm, it looks like I'm going to look like a fool to have ever believed that Tiger would not try whatever he could to be on the on the ground at Augusta National. It's it's to well, me unthinkable. Here's what you can do, along with me. You can be part of the highest audience ever for golf on Thursday. Wow. You wow. can watch it. And the highest audience I believe ever ESPN has had other than football games. I do. I think wow. it's going to be enormous. Enormous. It's Tiger Woods. It's Tiger Woods. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what to. And there's, there's just, tension and drama. He could, he could fall over. He you could fall over. He could go down to the ground and hold his back. He could. You know We've seen this. In, in, in terms of the drama, he will have been, he is, he will be if he does this. Second, and maybe he'll take over, although I don't know if he'll. It's Ali and Tiger. Tiger will have gone past Michael Jordan to me if he does this. Just by, just by stepping to the first tee. Right. He does right. something that puts him in the company of only one other man on earth in our lifetimes. And that's, and that's, that's, that's Muhammad Ali to me. Fantastic to think about. All right, I'll talk to you later. Michael right, Wilbon, boys and girls. We'll come back. Pat Forty will join us. Pat Forty may as well sit at the table. He's <laughs> on every single day. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us. By Ryan Carter, a member of the Silent Critics. This is a song called Stand Strong, and he writes, Hey there, everyone. I wanted to share some songs off our new record with you all. The album's called Together, and we released it this past New Year's Eve. It's available on all the usual platforms. We played on the show a couple of times in the past. Tony read an email from my father a little while back. Not a little, a little while back as well. So you can say the family enjoys the show. 
Michael, if people want to send their original music, like the silent critics, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. So we've been doing this show for a lot of years in various iterations. And something happened in the last week that never happened before, I don't think. And now it certainly is happening again today. And it never happened two in a row before. We can't reach Pat Forty. Yes. We can't reach Pat. Last week we couldn't reach Greg Cody. Uh, they both end with E's on their names. Maybe we should not schedule people whose names end in E anymore. So, and we love Pat. Yes, we, we love do. Pat Forty. We yes. love Brooke Forty. So it's uh, that's the way it goes. We're not going to have Pat on today. But we talked to Mike. I mean, I, I can just, you know, I mean, can go through this myself. The Villanova game was not much. No, Villanova was had lost Justin Moore. They were a thin team to begin with. Kansas came out there. Kansas was better. This is what happened with South Carolina State and UConn. When you go out to a real big lead and you maintain it through most of the first half and the other team's always playing catch-up, you get close, but you don't win often. You just don't. As close as you get is going to be that point, six, eight points, ten points, and then the other team gets six points in a row and it's over, and then the game is over. Yeah. The other game was a great game. Duke, North Carolina was a great game. Um, I was surprised that that Duke lost the game. Wilbon, as you heard, was surprised that Duke lost the game. And we've talked about this. That's, you win a game like that. I remember a few years back, I think Wisconsin beat Duke in the semifinals. Wisconsin played out of its mind. It's one of the five greatest games I've ever seen. And Wisconsin had nothing when it got to the final. You wonder if Carolina's got anything when it gets to the final. I'm not sure. We'll know tonight. We'll know tonight. Kansas is a one seed, even if we all agree Carolina shouldn't be an eight. They weren't going to be a one or a two or three. They weren't. They didn't have that kind they of year. They weren't locked to get into the tournament. You know, yeah. yeah I mean, they had to beat Duke to get in. So, you know, I think Kansas is, is the favorite. I, have, I, I will do this because Nigel mentioned it earlier. I just wanted to do the small rant on sea salt, <laughs> which I hadn't done. Yes. I'm not going to talk about Chessie in the car, and I'm not going to talk about the plumbing circumstance at, at the beach. But I will talk about sea salt. As Ricky Gervais once said famously about um, Mel Gibson, I like sea salt as much as the next guy, unless the next guy's Mel Gibson. <laughs> but it was drinking, of course. <laughs> sea salt's in everything now. It's in everything. It's in cookies. It's in crackers. It's in ice cream. salsa. It's in ice cream. It's in chocolate. It's in everything. Sea salt. Let's go backwards in time a little bit. Let's talk to people who have had the opportunity because of where they've lived in their lives to be near the ocean the Atlantic Ocean or the Pacific Ocean, to be wading in the ocean, to be hit by a wave from the ocean, whapped by a wave in the head, <laughs> knocked down by the wave. Has that ever happened to you? Sure. In your life, knocked yes. down by a wave in the ocean? Michael, knocked down by a wave in Always the ocean? Always give the ocean respect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Invariably, this is what happens. You get up. You wipe sea salt from your mouth and you go, <laughs> nobody likes this. A big mouth of sea salt or ocean salt or whatever. So it dries in the sun on your back. Nobody yeah. likes this. Now suddenly it's a godlike cooking item. Sea salt. Enough sea salt. <laughs> Stop putting sea salt in caramel. Stop with... 
Enough. Am I wrong so you on don't, this? You don't care for the finishing salt, the little flaky Maldon that you might put on a steak at the end? I've never done that. I'm not nearly as good a cook as you. At the end, when, when I take the steak off, I rush into the house. I don't even care who else eats. I just eat. <laughs> I'm happy. I just love whenever, my, growing salt. up, whenever Liz would take over the cooking, you'd always walk in and out of the kitchen and go, ah, you're, you're over-salting everything. She she likes, this is what it's supposed to taste like. She likes salt. I'm not a salt person. But sea salt, how does it become so incredibly, not just popular, necessary? It has to be on everything. Sea salt. It comes from the ocean. It's fat when you get knocked in the head. You don't want it. It's awful. And I, I mean, I'm as guilty as everyone in liking it, but in everything. Well, now, you, now you're accustomed to it, so you need it. It's in everything. Yes. It's probably in regular salt. Salt with sea salt. Is it good for cooking? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's not so as good as kosher salt. It can help. Well, again, it depends on when you're using it. But these salts can you help. Use beforehand, your food. It's kosher salt. You draw the you draw the moisture. Yeah, out. again, it depends on what you're like. If you're sautéing vegetables, if you're trying to, you know, put a dry rub on a steak. Did you watch any of the Augusta National Women's Amateur? I did not. So I got so excited by Tiger. I did not mention this. You didn't see the lefty win. No, I yeah, didn't. I guess the second most important lefty who actually is at the tournament this week. She was playing with another lefty. Now, Anna, Dav- Anna Davis, a 16-year-old, went on one, which I think Oof. is becoming one of the most important tournaments in all of golf. Great storylines. You saw a young, uh, young girl who is now, I think her last name was Keen. Her mom competed in the 2001 U.S. Open while eight months pregnant. Wow. This golfer. Wow. Uh, so LSU, you knew this was going to be yeah, a golfer, LSU, boy or girl. Two LSU uh, <laughs> women were, were, I think they finished tied for second. She lost the tournament at the end. But uh, What happened to Rosa Zhang? She finished, I think, plus four or five. Uh, okay. Just didn't make the run. I, she, she ended up, so she's recovering from a toe injury. Oh. But she made the big caddy switch. She went back to her dad after having a local caddy, did not get on the phone and asked Doug to drive down to Augusta, which I know he would have done. I would have done that for sure. Uh, but the uh, young Davis went out and she had, I think she was two under on the back nine with some big up and downs on 14 and 17. Where are 16. they playing from? Member tees? They are playing what you would call the member tees. And I say right. you because you've played these tees. So yeah. holes like uh, number 15, it's, it's gettable for the longest, but most of them are laying up. I think they're playing at about 470. I've gotten on that in three in regulation. So it's, it's cool because in many ways you want to see what that course would have played like as you go back to its founding. And they're playing from a lot of those yardages. And then you just see, you know, with the elasticity of tees, they're playing from the tees. You're just walking off the green and sort of find, meandering your way over to the next. I'm glad you liked it. I missed it. I, I've watched it before. This is the third one, I believe. So this is the third one, and this is the first one since the the opening one, which had that amazing back and forth between uh, Jennifer Cupcho and Maria Fossey, where they were shot for shot. It was great fun. Uh, and then you had the you had the canceled tournament, I think, and then last year you had a limited you know limited number of uh, mm. patrons. All righty, okay, we'll get Pat Forty on at some point. Don't worry about it, kids. Um, but we will. Uh, Get out now and go to email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is The Tony Kornheiser Show.
It's the great Chris Ullman, the world champion whistler. World champion. From Binghamton, New York. Yes. We appreciate that. You want to do the Bethesda Bagels ad for Bethesda us? Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Got the bagel sandwiches today. It's always a great day when we get those. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com, forward a location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say, well, my temperature's rising and my feet on the floor. Crazy people knocking because they're wanting some more. Let me in, baby. I don't know what you got, but you better take it easy. This place is hot, and I'm so glad we made it. So glad we made it. You got to give me some love. And that's the Spencer Davis Group. Um, that is one of the the first time you hear that song in your life, you go, "Wow, yes, what is this?" And who's singing? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I think Stevie Winwood was like, Winwood. like 16. 16 years old. <laughs> Stevie Winwood, amazing. Wow. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Pot Forty. Thanks as well to today's sponsors, Simply Safe and Electric E Bikes. Got to get one of those. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you got the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. From Robert Lane in San Leandro, California, via Burke, Virginia. I heard your conversation with Wilbon last week where you discussed UNC coach Hubert Davis. Yes, Hubert Davis is from Burke, Virginia. He attended Lake Braddock Secondary School, class of 88, and I remember him in the halls at LBSS. Hubert's classmate was none other than Mia Hamm. Yes, that Mia Hamm. Oddly enough, Hubert acknowledges that he's from the D.C. area, but rarely says he's from the mean streets of North Burke. For the last 30 years, anytime I see Hubert on TV, I always yell out, I went to high school with that guy. It's my David Aldrich moment. Go Heels. From Tim T.K. Kelly in Frederick, Maryland. As a graduate of the Frostburg State University, allow me to let you know that in addition to Greg Garcia, former Nats manager Jim Riggleman is a Bobcat. They're Bobcats. I didn't know that. Class of 74. More notably to the show, however, is jingler Bobcat Sean Morrissey, class of 08. In addition to penning the jingle Holtby and others, he introduced me to the show some eight or nine years ago. Thanks to him for the intro and to you and the gang for a great show. Eight outlets in the kitchen, no Subaru in the garage. From Emory in Watertown, Massachusetts, formerly Boston, never revere. You and Wilbon mentioned a lot of all-time great sporting moments on last Monday's show. But I didn't hear any mention of John Wall's Game 6 win to force a Game 7 in the 2017 Eastern Conference semifinals. Good point. Surely an oversight on your part. I'll hang up and listen. John Wall in Game 7 had no points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> it absolutely no points. None. John Wall is being paid $42 million to not play. His career's over. Yeah. By the time he gets back with a career, he won't have enough years to make up for this stuff. And played in four years. Right? Charlie Burt's in Springfield, Virginia. We have two cats, Clover and Skittles. They get one can of wet food each day for breakfast and then two servings of dry food during the remainder of the day. Nigel, you're a cat person. Does that sound right to you? That sounds great. Taking care of those cats. From Pat Lathrop. As a loyal little, I thought I would share the new ice cream flavors launching now at Walmart stores nationwide. Van Leeuwen Pizza and Mac and Cheese. Who's eating these? <laughs> horrifying. Who's eating that? New York style pizza? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> this is from Dolores in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm a new listener to your podcast. I'm 70 years old and finally fully retired. I was introduced to you by my little daughter, who's been a faithful listener for several years. I'm now a new faithful listener as well. She introduced me to knitting and to your show in preparation for a transition to types of retirement living other than my home. 
Sound familiar, Michael? In the future, I hope to have enough skill to knit and listen at the same time. This brings me to my question. When can I call myself a little? How long does that take? I hope to plan a trip to D.C. to scavenger hunt the locations you mentioned. I ordered from Freshly. It was good. I used the code. I'll continue to do the activities that will advance me towards littlehood. I am getting an adult tricycle and will wear white when I ride it. Hello to Phil's mom. Thank you for the million <laughs> smiles you've put on my face and the million laughs I've enjoyed. You're a little now. You're a little now. You're a little now. Welcome. Don't, don't lose that stitch count. <laughs> From Albert D. DeLuca in Griffin, Georgia. In 2005, I was at the 16th hole at Augusta maybe with Greg Lecker, a few rows from the edge of the pond when a golfer named Tiger Woods chipped in from an arguably impossible position from off the green. Is that one of the most iconic shots in golf history? A thousand times, yes. Next to Sarazen's double eagle, I can't think of any other iconic golf shots. Can you or Michael? Well, Tom Watson. Yeah, yeah, Watson you know, Pebble, Watson right? Chipping Pebble. In. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does Tiger's shot rank up there with Leitner and Flutie? P.S. I was also at Shea when Willie Mays hit his last home run, number 660. That's pretty cool. From Tom Shanley, from West Bend, Wisconsin. Not South Bend. West Bend, Wisconsin. Not South Bend, Indiana. We're out in D.C. last week, the 23rd to the 25th, to see the cherry blossoms and visit my sister-in-law, who lives in Bethesda. As we were making our way from D.C. back to Bethesda, we were on Wisconsin Avenue and came across a dilapidated, abandoned restaurant with a chatter sign. When I realized we were on the corner of Wisconsin and Jennifer, I blurted out, that's Mr. Tony's old restaurant. A few blocks later, we came across the Safeway, and again, I blurted out, that's where Mr. Tony shops. Do you know they're out of 4% large curd cottage cheese? My wife looked at me and simply said, you are a complete moron. Thank you again for keeping the flame alive between us. <laughs> Very funny. And from Tim Walker in Indianapolis. Walker. After hearing your email about the early start and finish to a recent concert featuring a former star of the band Jethro Tull, I wanted to pass along that the Eagles recently made a stop in Indianapolis. During the show, Joe Walsh, Joe Walsh passed on this classic line. It was a lot more fun being in my 20s and the 70s than it is to be in my 70s and the 20s. <laughs> at the same show, a friend and his wife arrived at the arena. She had recently fallen and was struggling to walk due to a broken kneecap. The husband asked the usher if he could help them locate a wheelchair, and the usher replied, you picked a bad show to need a wheelchair. <laughs> Apparently, everybody needs a wheelchair now. If you're out on your bike, everyone, as always, do wear white. Uno, duo, tres. Sartis, will pony! <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you.